Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Revelation chapter 5 and verse number 1. And I saw in the right hand, everybody say the right hand, the right hand of him that sat on the throne, a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy? to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. John said, I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. The lion of the tribe of Judah and the root of David hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God. By thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and hast made us unto our God kings and priests. We shall reign on the earth. Come on and praise him in this house. Come on and praise him in the house. Come on and praise the Lord in the house tonight. One more time in this place. God, we love you. We magnify you, Lord. You are the great I am. Praise the Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. When I'm preaching tonight, still standing. Say that with me. Still standing. We often talk about bringing heaven to earth. And to bring the kingdom culture from heaven to earth requires that sometimes God will peel back into a, the realm of the physical so that we can see with a vision the things of God. Maybe we can't understand it all, but he reveals it in a vision to us. 
We find that the Apostle John provides an amazing, amazing view of the throne room of heaven. First of all, he reminds us, he said, I am your brother. I am your companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. John doesn't depict himself as some super spiritual know-it-all teacher or guru, but a common man sharing in an uncommon vision of the things of the kingdom. Imagine that you were John and you looked and beheld a door was open in heaven and the first voice that you hear is that of a trumpet talking with you which said, come up hither and I will show thee things what must be hereafter. And immediately he said, I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat upon the throne. One sat upon the throne. One, do I have anybody that believes that in the house today? One sat upon the throne. The king that John saw sitting upon the throne was arrayed and bejeweled in great splendor. His throne was surrounded with vivid colors of the rainbow. Sorry, that belongs to God. Some of y'all catch that next week. Lightning, thunder, and voices proceeded out of the throne. The pathway that led to the sovereign one sitting upon the throne was like a crystal sea. We find seven fire blazing torches depicting the seven spirits of God stood before the throne. And the seven spirits of God speak of the all-encompassing power and activity of God. Before the throne were 24 elders that depict the Old and New Testament saints, as it were, sitting before the one upon the throne. And in that spectacular scene, there, were, there was one message, there was one transcendent voice that began to holler out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. Amen. You will also find that there are four-faced living creatures around the seat of the king. These creatures with faces like a lion, a calf, a man, and an eagle could constantly gaze on his resplendent glory. Amen. The Bible said they were continually in the presence of the one on the throne. And they had, as it were, they were full of eyes before and behind. And they were said to have eyes that were within, full of eyes within. These eyes were constantly looking on the presence of the Lord and looking with Within themselves. As you look at that majestic scene, amen, you see an all-encompassing glory of the throne room, such a splendor, such wonder, such awe. In verse 8 of chapter 4, it says, And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes, and, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is to come, which was and is and is to come. The one on the throne is holy. He is uh, unlike any other. He never deviates. He never changes. He doesn't go back on his word. His character remains the same. He is holy. The worship before the throne arises to address his glory, his honor, his splendor and power as the one that sits upon the throne. 
The focus of chapter 4 is the throne room. But the focus of chapter 5 begins with John said, I look and behold in the hand of the one that sat upon the throne in his right hand was a scroll. Was a book, if you please. The right hand signifies ownership and authority. The book belonged to the one that sat upon the throne. The book is written within and on the back side and sealed with seven seals. A strong angel then proclaims, we are not told what is in the book. We don't know what was written in the book. But the angel that was strong and with a loud voice says, who is worthy? Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seal? thereof and so John said there was no man look at this in heaven somebody say in heaven or in earth neither under the earth that was able to open the book if Jesus is just a man then he could not be in this description Hallelujah. But as creator, he stands out as that because he came as man, but he is also beyond uh, 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 the realm of the universe, the heaven, and beyond the realm of this earth and under the earth. And John said when he saw that there was no one that could come and loose the seals and take hold of the book. Amen. We're not told what it was. We're not dis- it was not given to us in a description. But later on, we begin to realize the essence of the book. John said, I wept much. This is more than just a tear trickling down his face. It is, uh, the word means body shaking sobs. He is weeping because he sees the impact and the realization of what the book meant. He said, somebody has got to come. Somebody's got to come and open this book. It's so valuable to humanity. Someone has got to come and open the book. Then John said, one of the elders said to him, weep not. Behold the lion. Can I get a growl in the house? The lion of the tribe of Judah. The lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David hath prevailed. He hath prevailed. The lion hath prevailed. The lion is the conquering king. The lion is the overcomer. The lion is overpowering whatever it took to get the book open. The lion is triumphant. The lion is victorious. Something rises within that Jew. The lion of the tribe of Judah. And pride begins to swell. Which was once tears. is Now he's excited and he's thrilled about hearing that there is one that prevail. I can see him. His, his heart is racing. He's excited. Between uh, uh, verse 5 and 6. Amen. Between verse 5 to verse 6. In verse 6 he says, And I beheld and lo in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and the midst of the elders stood a lamb. He heard that the lion of the tribe of Judah had prevailed. But when he turned around and looked, he didn't see a lion. He saw a lamb as it had been slain, standing as it had 
I've been slain. What a crazy, crazy picture. How can a slain lamb still stand? But the Bible says here, it depicts the lamb with having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the spirits of God sent forth into the earth. So Jesus in this instance is depicted as both the lion and the lamb. Jesus Christ prevailed. The lamb prevailed. The lion prevailed. When did he prevail? When did he get victorious? When did he overcome? When did he conquer? When did the lamb prevail? The story makes it plain. There stood a lamb as it had been slain. We know Jesus to be the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus Christ is the spotless lamb, the Bible tells us. And he prevailed at the cross. He prevailed at Calvary. His work at Calvary made it worthy, made him worthy, as it were, to open the book. It wasn't just that he was the lion or that he was the lamb, but it's what he did that unlocked the book. It's what he did on Calvary. Amen. So there must be something about the book that has to do about redemption. Amen. And what John wept over is that there was nobody to redeem us. Nobody, no man that could redeem us. And so he didn't know what to do. But God had a plan. And he took the lion of the tribe of Judah, wrapped himself in flesh, and became the lamb. Woo! And the depiction is the lamb is standing as if he had been slain. Standing. To understand the word picture here, you have to dig a little bit into the Greek. So I read some Greek scholars that helped me out on this. The words for standing and slain are particles in the perfect tense, they say. The implication, the scholars tells us, is that the lamb had been slain in the past and also stood in the past, but the word here emphasizes standing over slain. Anybody riding with me tonight? Anybody seeing the picture that John saw tonight? He saw a lamb that was slain in the past and has stood in the past and is still standing in his present. He was slain yesterday and he stood yesterday. He was slain on Calvary. In three days he come triumphant. Read the story of the woman that came to the tomb and she said that she saw the gardener standing there, standing there. And he said, don't touch me. I haven't yet gone, amen, to where I can get the book and open the book as it were and release redemption. So he was slain and then he stood. He was slain and then he stood. He was slain yesterday. I don't know. There's no way I can go back to whatever that date was where he stood on the cross and where he come out of the grave. I can't physically go back there, but he still 
slain and standing today. So that means whatever ear you're in, whatever situation you're in, what he did at Calvary, he still has done it and he's still standing. And, and, and you'll trip up on Revelations. If you try to write, I did my best to try to find a lamb and a lion and all that kind of cute stuff. And every picture I saw of a lion and a lamb, it had the lamb laying down. And that didn't fit with my message. But the depiction of the lamb, he saw a lamb that had seven horns. That's a little grotesque when you just think about that. Seven horns with seven eyes. If you don't understand the word picture of Revelation, you miss the whole point. The seven horns speaks that the lamb's power, horns, power is perfect. Seven. Seven horns, perfect power. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Seven horns, perfect power, perfect power, perfect power. He stands as the redeemer with perfect power. He's got seven eyes which speak of the spirit of God. You know what the seven spirits of God speak about? And the seven eyes of God, it speaks about the completeness of God. It speaks about the fullness of God. It speaks the fact that Jesus Christ is the fullness of God. Amen. In body, he is the lamb standing. And he came and took the book. Verse 7. He took the book out of the right hand. Jesus said, because of Calvary, I now, as the near kinsman, have the right to buy back redemption. I have a right to what Adam lost. I've got everything right here in my power to take it back. He's the one that is worthy to reach out and take the book amen, out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Hallelujah. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb worshiping as it were, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. It's the prayers of somebody that said, I wish I could be saved. I wish I could be delivered. I wish I could be healed. I wish I could be set free from this depression. I wish that I could be turned loose, but the seal wasn't broken until he resurrected on the third day and stood. He stood as the lamb for all time. And with the prayers of the saints, as their vials in their hands, they begin to sing, Thou art worthy, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God, amen, by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and has made us unto our God kings and priests. Somebody say hallelujah, hallelujah, and we're going to reign on the earth. The lamb has taken. That means it is an action statement 
the lamb, it literally means it is finished. When Jesus said it is finished, amen, it was toward this end result to buy back our redemption. And I want to say today the lamb is still standing. Yes, he was slain, but he's still standing. still standing can I tell you there's none like Jesus he had no servants but they called him master he had no servants as it were but they called him master somebody say hallelujah he didn't have a degree yet they called him teacher He didn't produce any medicines, yet they called him healer. He had no army, yet kings and highfalutin government agents feared him. He won no military battles, not one, yet he conquered the world because he's standing. He committed no crime, yet they crucified him. He was buried in a tomb, but now he lives resurrected. He was hated and despised and rejected, yet he is still standing. He was smitten on the back, but he's still standing. His head was pressed with the crown of thorns, yet he's still standing. They drove nails in his hands and feet, yet he is still standing. He was surrounded by antagonists and attackers that wanted him dead, but he's still standing. Satan viciously and maliciously tempted him trying to thwart his plan, but he overcame that tempter. Amen. The Bible said he was tempted in all points like as we are. Yet he's still standing. Yet he is still standing. Herod the Great better known as Herod the Sissy tried to kill Jesus when he was but a child. But God made sure he's still standing. The radical Pharisees and the belligerent Sadducees and the passionate zealots didn't like him. They didn't like him, yet he's still standing. Rome hated him, yet he's still standing. Colossians tells us in chapter 2 and verse 9, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, seven horns, seven eyes. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. He did that for me. Buried with him in baptism, He did that for me. Where also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God hath raised him from the dead and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses. Forgiven you all trespasses. Blotting out out the handwritings of ordinance that was against you which was contrary to us and took it away out of the way nailing it to his cross and listen to this and having spoiled principalities and powers he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it he still Satan thought he had him on the cross but he still stands Rome set it in motion great persecution against 
his church. But Rome burned, and he's still standing. He's still standing. He's the all-time, undisputed, undefeated, champion of the world. Come on, it's been 2,000 years, and the devil has tried every which way to stop him, but he's still standing. Peter in the Pentecost message said in Acts 2 and 22, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and with wicked hands have, have crucified and slain. You took him, crucified him, slain him. Verse 24. Somebody said, go back to verse 23. Go back to verse 23. We got to catch this little bit of English right here. How many know what that is? Can somebody tell me what that is? Say it loud. Okay. How many know that that's not a period? You have crucified and slain. Call it. Next verse. Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death. Because it was not possible. Because it was not possible. It was not possible. It was not possible. It was not possible. I don't care what you're dealing with today. It's still not possible for it to stick to Jesus. Amen. He's still standing. Have you got issues at home? Let me tell you, he's still standing. Do you have a battle with depression? He's still standing. Do you have a battle with cancer? He's still standing. Do you have a battle with relationships? He's still standing. Got a battle with finances? It can't be holding of him. Do you have sin that grabs a hold of you and brings you down? He's still standing because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. There's none like Jesus, and he's still standing. Luke eleven twenty nine. The people were gathered thick together, had a big crowd around them. What's Jesus going to say? Man, this is a great way to start a sermon. This is an evil generation. Evidently, he did not win or did not read how to win friends and influence people. This is an evil generation. They seek a sign, and there shall no sign be given it but the sign of Jonas the prophet. For as Jonah was a sign unto the Ninevites... So shall also the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South shall rise up in judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the utmost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonas. A messed up preacher who got it wrong, wound up in the belly of a fish, came and got upchucked by that fish, 
and went to Nineveh and preached. And the Lord said, Behold, a greater than Jonah is here. The names of Bible figures are rested and recorded in throughout the pages of God's word. But they've died and gone on. He still stands. The names of past and present proud statesmen of our government, of Greece, of Rome, have come and gone. Socrates has come and gone. He is still standing. The names of past scientists, philosophers, and theologians have come and gone. But the name of the man, a man that abounds from glory, the one that got the book, the one that released the seals, still stands. Oh, he still stands. Time has spread around 2,000 years between the people of his generation and the mockers of his crucifixion, yet he still stands. His enemies could not destroy him. The grave could not hold him. Pilate couldn't nail him to a cross thick enough. Amen. A grave could not be secure enough because he was going to stand. My Lord, he is going to stand. Herod couldn't kill him. Satan couldn't seduce him. Death could not destroy him. The grave could not ruin him. Hey, he's still standing. He's still standing. Amen. This same Jesus, which you have seen going to heaven, it's going to come back in like manner whatever time that is he's coming back because he's not defeated he's not going under he is still standing he stands as songs are written about his name he stands as worship goes forth from Medora to Madagascar to the Philippines, to St. Petersburg, down in the south of Africa, over in Chile, Argentina, Mexico, in the nose of the drug cartel, he's still standing. I said he's still standing in the face of a belligerent, hateful, whoremongering group known as the media. He's still standing. Every promise he prophesied has been fulfilled or we will be fulfilled because he's standing. There's been no one else that could calm a storm with just their word but him. There's never been another that could raise the dead like he did. Heal the sick, open blinded eyes, make the lame to walk, who saved my soul and saved yours. None that who put on humanity that he might come and bring redemption so that we can be connected to divinity once again. He became the son of man that we might become the sons of God. He's still standing. He put on mortality so that one day we might put on immortality. Hallelujah. He put on corruption that we might one day put on incorruption. I want to... Does Jesus excite you? 
Does Jesus thrill you? Or do you have to be putting your nose in something else while we're preaching about Jesus? Does Jesus thrill you? Or do we have to pull a rabbit out of a hat? Amen. I'm talking about the King of kings and Lord of lords that brought me from darkness and into life. That healed me. That's thrilled me. That's blessed me. That's poured out his goodness upon me. He is still standing. There was a British journalist by the name of Malcolm Mugridge who was an atheist, agnostic, hater of God until later on in his life he began to believe in God. And he wrote this in 1980. I recently came upon it. I want to share it with you. Malcolm Mugridge. Quote, We look back upon history and what do we see? Empires rising and falling Revolutions and counter-revolutions, wealth accumulating and then dispersed, one nation dominant and then another. Shakespeare speaks of the rise and fall of great ones that ebb and flow with the moon. In one lifetime, he said, I've seen my own countrymen ruling over a quarter of the world, the great majority of them convinced In the words of what is still a favorite song, that God who's made them mighty would make them mightier yet. I've heard crazed, cracked Austrian proclaim to the world the establishment of a German Reich that would last for a thousand years. An Italian clown announced that he would restart the calendar to begin with his own assumption of power. A murderous Georgian uh, 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 who, who led the Kremlin to claim to be the intellectual elite of the Western world. Wiser, he said, than Solomon. More enlightened than Aska. More humane than Marcus Aurelius. He said, I've seen America wealthier in the terms of military weaponry. More powerful than all the rest of the world put together so that Americans had they wished could have outdone any of anything Alexander or Julius Caesar did in the range and the scale of their conquest all in one little lifetime he said all gone with the wind England now part of an island off the coast of Europe and threatened with dismemberment and even bankruptcy Hitler and Mussolini dead and remembered only in infamy. Stalin, a forbidden name in the regime he helped to found and dominate for some three decades. America haunted by fears of running out of their precious fluid that keeps their motorways roaring and smog uh, uh, settling and with troubled memories of disastrous campaigns in Vietnam and of the great victories uh, uh, around them of the Don Quixote's of the media when they charged the windmills of Watergate and all in one lifetime all in one lifetime he said gone with the wind gone with the wind gone with the wind hallelujah I want to say this that all those that stood as superman that stood as great wisdom and great teachers smarter than anything else gone with the wind left Einstein gone with the wind amen where is all of this in the reality 
city of the world that in the middle of the debris in the middle of the debris stands Jesus Christ stands Jesus Christ I've come to tell you today it, you, you hear me tonight Jolie hear me tonight Gracie it makes no difference how loud they sound there is no God he's still standing it makes no difference how they say the Bible is a myth it's still here I guarantee you, if the Word of God had been a myth, they'd find some way to discredit it. Still standing. Still standing. Still standing. Still standing. You got sorrow in your life? I want to tell you, Jesus is still standing. You got issues in your mind? I want to tell you, Jesus is still standing. You got difficulties debating whether there is a God or whether Jesus is the incarnation of the Almighty God? I want to tell you, He's still standing. He's still standing. There is none like Him. Amen. Others have come and gone. But he's still standing. Jesus Christ is still the way, the truth, the life. How many of you had a business or been a part of a business that went belly up? Come see your hand. Praise God. When job is no more. Whatever job you had, it is no more. Come on, is anybody used to work at the plastic factory? You know what it is? It's a parking lot. That's all it is. Gone. At the moment, it's like, this is my world. This is my life. Gone. He's still standing. The one who said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. God forbid that America should ever fall. But should it fall? And should our politicians get crazier than what they are even now? He's still standing. He's still standing. Oh, what if we go socialist? He's still standing. He's still standing. What if gas goes to $5 a gallon? He's still standing. He's still standing. The one that was slain is still standing. Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. Do you believe him today? Do you believe him today? Hallelujah. He's the one that took the book. And now you have a way for redemption. Now you have a way for redemption. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Saturday